Hello and welcome to another episode of the Go Encourage podcast, where I talk to real people about real life and try to gain insight through their experiences around building courage in their lives. In today's episode, I'm joined by Michaela Hollins, who's going to be coming at us from Australia. She's a senior advisor, works in marketing communications and is a well-seasoned traveler. So let's get started. Hello, Michaela. Welcome to Go Encourage. Hi, Rex. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're on. Me um, too. I want to say that this is the first time I've had an international guest on the podcast. I feel very privileged. Let's hope <laughs> so it all works. <laughs> let's, let's hope it all works. Let's hope the technology works. Um, can you tell us where you are right now? I am somewhere called Envelope in the state of Victoria in Australia, which is about two hours from Melbourne on the coast, um, very near the beach. And yeah, it's beautiful down here. So that's, that's home to me at the moment. Fantastic. I mean, it's, it's very mm-hmm. cold and a little bit rainy here. So a little bit jealous oh, that you have a nice yeah. beach day over there. I hate to say it was like over 30 degrees today, which I mean, I didn't get to enjoy because I was at work, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, and it's currently about 23, so hence I'm a little bit <laughs> summery, summery dressed. It's a little um, bit warmer. Even nice. though it's half eight in the evening. Oh, okay. And and it is here, it's half nine in the morning, so we're going across Seven time zones. During summer, yep. Exciting. <laughs> All right, Very. well, um, let's, get, let's, get, let's get started. I've got some questions. Yes. You ready to answer some questions? Bring it on. All right, here we go. Um, so, your name is Michaela. Do you know what it means? It means light of God, and it's Hebrew. Um, yeah. And my middle name, Margaret, it's Margaret Rose, but Margaret means pearl. And it was my um, great aunt's name, who is a very precious person to my mom. So, yeah, a very intentional name, I think, by my mom. Amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. What a name. That's like, you're literally so precious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good name. I like it. Have you have you known that's what it meant growing up? Yeah. Mum always made me aware of it and talked about it, which was nice. And it was kind of, I had a little name plaque or thing on my wall to say mm. um, what it meant. And I think, yeah, it was important for her that we we always knew that. She chose it intentionally, which is nice. Oh, nice. High five, mum. That's awesome. Yeah, Love that. Yeah. Speaking identity over you from a from a young yeah. age and you knowing what it was as well. That's yeah. that's key. I think a lot of people don't know what the name means until later on in life, but uh, it mm. sounds like you did all the way through. So, mm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so where are you from? I know you're in Melbourne right now. Well, two hours off Melbourne right now, but did you grow up in Melbourne? Where are you from? Can you tell us a bit about I'm... your family? Yeah, I'm from New Zealand. I grew up in Auckland, New Zealand, um, with my mum, my stepdad, my big brother and my little sister, and moved, then moved to the UK when I was 18 and mm-hmm. met you um, maybe when I was 19 or 20, maybe, which we won't talk about how long ago that was, um, yes, and lived there for 12 years and then moved to Australia. So, I've kind of yeah, this is my third country I've lived which is wow. crazy to think. Wow. 
Hmm, yeah, which kind of sets us up a bit for the conversation because a lot of my story is about moving and starting. Oh, brilliant. Oh, 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 that's great. Because I was going to say, oh, I could really get into that right now. But uh, okay, (laughs) it's coming up. We'll wait. We'll wait. Just park it. We'll park it. All right. Brilliant. Okay. So um, I was going to ask you, so when you were growing up, uh, was there something you aspired to be? Did you have a particular career goal in mind? So I'm talking maybe, I don't know before you got into double digits or around about that age? Yeah, when I was really young, um, I remember wanting to be a hairdresser and I really loved people's hair and I would like, like my uncles had, you know, would have their girlfriends over and one had really long hair and I'd be like playing with their hair all day and if they let me, I don't think they did let me, but I tried. Um, And then... I don't know what it is. Now I'm trying to analyze it. I don't know what it is. I just, I guess I was a kid and I loved hair. And then um, I wanted to be in like an air stewardess, hostess. I feel like the name's changed um, okay. since then. Uh, and yeah, very different. And now definitely wouldn't suit <laughs> my life or preferences. But those are the kind of early things I remember wanting to be. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, air stewardess. That's interesting because that, there's, there's already travel there. As yeah, a theme I think that was definitely linked to travel. And because then when I was a teenager, when I was a bit older, I wanted to be, um, I really wanted to be on TV. <laughs> I wanted to be, and but specifically, which now is so funny because everyone wants this job because obviously it's a dream job, is to be like a travel show host and right. go around traveling. And I remember seeing people on TV doing, you know, out somewhere random um, hosting a show. And I was like, I really want to do it. And, what, and that was kind of most of my teenage years. years and mm-hmm. I thought I could try and get into broadcasting and everything, but it's competitive and it's hard um, and that hasn't happened. But, yeah, the traveling thing, I don't know where it came from or when the seed was planted, but um, it was definitely there around then, I guess, when I wanted to be an air hostess. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Well, you could tell the teenage version of you that you're kind of on a little show right now. And then. I know. You when made you talked to me about being on this, I was like, I've been waiting for someone to, <laughs> to be on the podcast. <laughs> Why hasn't it happened yet? Why hasn't it happened? <laughs> so, yeah, happening. I'm very excited. <laughs> okay. All right. So, let's, um, again, not mentioning the number of years, but we will go a little bit forward in time. And, and what do you actually do now? So now I am a um, senior advisor in marketing and communications for an engineering consultancy, uh, which I really enjoy. It uses my skills and um, I have a lot of like stakeholder engagement and and people relationships, which I really enjoy. And I get to be creative. um, And yeah, it's, it's been an interesting kind of part of me trying to figure out where I was going and what I was doing. And I didn't go to university straight away um, Mm -hmm. when I was 18 and 19, when everyone else goes to university. So I felt like I had a few more extra years of wondering what I was going to do because I think people in university don't feel that confusion because they just know what they're doing every day for a few years. Whereas from the age of 18 all through my 20s, I was like, what's happening? So I feel like I've landed on my feet in a good way and I really enjoy what I do um, as well as have things outside of work that really keep me going and I'm really passionate about, which I think is super important, depending on what you do in your capacity. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. And you love it? 
yeah. your job. Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. I really enjoy the people I work with and um, my company has got great culture and really supportive and Excellent. Uh, it's a Kiwi company, which, you know, Kiwis are pretty cool. So uh, Keeping it keeping strong to your roots there, I like that. Yeah, living in Australia but working for a Kiwi company is, is a good balance of having a bit of both. Right, right. And how, this is my ignorance now in terms of geography, right? How close mm. is New Zealand to where you are right now? Uh, let's say on a plane from, or something. Yeah, let's say from Melbourne, then here, mm. it would be about a four-hour flight. Okay. Yeah, so not too bad. Um, mm. Close enough to be able to go back fairly regularly, which is nice. Okay, that's cool. That's good. All right, mm. so diving a little bit deeper into your personality, on the introvert and extrovert scale, where do you think you sit? Um, oh, it's really, it's hard to say. I would probably say, and people would, if people around me would probably say I'm an extrovert. And I, and I think I am, and I was extremely extroverted as a child. Um, but yeah, as I get older, I definitely love my own company. I get a little bit antsy if I don't spend time alone for a long period like I'm just coming off about maybe a week of being with people and out and about and doing things and I'm I feel like my cup is getting pretty low because I haven't just spent some time with me so um but I don't know if that means I'm not an extrovert because Mm. I I think I still get a lot of energy from people um but it has to be the right people and it's probably not just being around people for the sake of being around people it's Mm. I'm intentional and very selective about where and who I spend my time with and that they're filling my cup. Um, mm. And if they're not, I'd rather be on my own, filling my own cup. <laughs> so, which I, okay. as I, when I was younger, it was all about filling the time to mm. the absolute nth degree. Like I was always stretched and, and it's a bit of part of my personality is to just go, go, go. But I was always kind of trying to pack it in and see as many people in a day or mm. that I could. Um, and I was always running around London as a young person, stressed out of my mind because I'd booked too many things in and then couldn't, you know, be present for all of them. So I've learned to manage that and, and be more selective and prioritize. But yeah, I think I get my energy from both. Um, but I'm quite a outgoing person who really enjoys being around people. Mm. Um, and I get energy from that, but I also get a huge amount of fulfillment from, yeah doing my own thing I'm very precious about my time like you never get time back so where Mm. I spend it I'm just you know with your salary and your income or your money generally like you're getting money is more money will come (laughs) whereas there will there isn't more time there's literally the time Mm. you've got so I think I don't know what it is it's something about that's always been a big thing in my life and I've always been really um since I was young about, I don't know, I don't want to waste my time. So if I mm. feel like if I'm spending time with people who are not right for me or not my fit or for whatever reason, it doesn't mean anything wrong with them. It just means if it's not enriching my life, mm. um, then <laughs> sounds kind of harsh. But, yeah, I just don't really see the point. And then if I feel like if it, if, if it is detracting – from my joy and my sense of self-esteem and fulfillment and everything, then, yeah, I will be quite careful about how I manage that. And if I 
spend a lot of time with that person. It doesn't mean I won't spend any time with them. It just means maybe, mm. maybe less. But um, I also have a lot of good friends and they're all important to me, but um, I've always been a very social person. So I don't just have a very small social circle. I have a fairly big, people say I have big capacity for social things. So I would say I have quite a few friends, but they are all people I really like rate as human beings. <laughs> and um, <laughs> because I want to like, you are who you hang out with. Right. And I want to, sure. I want to learn and take on, you know, I want to, um, yeah, the people, the people I hang out with are who generally people I want to be like in some mm. capacity, in some way. So, uh, that's why I choose to hang out with them. Sounds good. Uh, you should go around with a little form or a, or a digital app, you know, and just uh, filter people out as you meet them. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> yeah, tech or not. Um, yeah, exactly. It sounds really judgmental, but you know when you just meet your people and it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, I think it's easy to say that it does sound, it can sound judgmental, right? But I think I look at it as being intentional, right? It's a, It's about mm. being intentional with your time, your energy, you know, we only ha- like you touched on it. You know, we only have s- so much time um, on this earth, and it's like, okay, am I going to let the world dictate, or you know, just circumstance dictate what I do with that time, or am I going to actually be intentional um, as much as possible with with whilst having flexibility to to you know uh, define what my life looks like? So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I, I align with that. That's good. Yeah, and I try and be as intention, intentional as possible. Um, mm. And that, yeah, that's a really good word for it because that kind of in every way that's how I would, not just this kind of topic, but in everything. So. Um, all right. So, have you heard of the love languages test? I don't know if you've done that before. I have. Yeah. Okay. All right. What am I? Do you know? <laughs> yeah. What well, I would say. What are your top two? Um. I find this hard because I'm a real lover. I just love, love, I love all of all of them. I would say words of affirmation mm-hmm. and probably physical affection. Mm-hmm. But I mean, time would be close behind that. But yeah, those. Words of affirmation and physical affection, I think, would be my, um, yeah, my biggest one. Uh, would you say that you're more logical or more emotional? Again, I know it's a scale, um, but is there a certain side that you think you are drawn closer to? By nature, naturally, it's 100% emotional. I am, I am, yeah, quite an emotional person um, and quite gut-led, but as I've got older and I'm now studying part-time, I am so much more logical than I used to be. And I really value both head and heart and following both and having, making sure you're kind of engaging both in any big decision. Um, But I am a person that will be kind of led with my heart and go, yeah, I'm doing this. And then I have to get, I ask my friends to challenge me (laughs) and say, you need to pick this apart, what I'm telling you, because I feel like I'm only looking at it from an emotional point of view and I need you to road test it for me because otherwise it's, I'm going to, you know, realize it was a, a poor decision. So, um, and then now I'm a lot more of a critical thinker. Like I challenge things a lot more. If I read something, it's like, okay, well, where did that 
statistic come from? I don't believe everything. Like I'm really like, before I take it on, I'm like, is that true? Or where's, do I think in my view, is that valid, et cetera? Whereas maybe before I would be, I'd read like a headline or I'd read something, an article or something. And that would it, that would be it. I'd be emotionally led by it. And now I kind of engage my brain a bit and um, think about, yeah, so naturally very much emotional, but I've honed, I think, my logical side because I think it's so important to critically analyze the world. Mm. I like that. Mm. I think I think there's a, there's a, there's thinking out there that says, look, only play into your strengths and don't focus too much on your weakness. Uh, if I can use that language, it's, it's a little mm. bit sort of black and white. Um, yeah. But I, I really like the idea of going, well, actually, if I am so on this side, it's a good idea to put myself in positions where I now have to think logically to try and create mm. some kind of central balance, you know, between the two, um, mm. which, you know, which is only going to make you stronger and uh, improve yeah. your self-development. Yeah. Yeah, and have people around you who might be more strong in that area that you're not to to bring that, you know, view into it. And I know that people appreciate my, you know, contribution. So, yeah, but that's a good question. Mm. I like it. Well, I'm going to give you a compliment. I think uh, over the years that I've known you, you've been really true to that. You know, you've, mm. you've said, hey, Rick, what do you think about this? And actually just tell it to me straight and um, – and then you've actually received things really well from a logical perspective. Well, at least at least that's how you've come across. I don't know if you've cried in the corner afterwards, but <laughs> not <laughs> but, from um, memory. Thank not from memory. Okay, that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that whole thing of actually, can I take uh, feedback, criticism, um, correction, or wh- whatever term you want to put on mm-hmm. it, um, and what am I going to do with that? And I think the key is asking for it as opposed to someone just coming in and telling you their opinion, that's like usually not very welcome, regardless of how close you are. Mm. But um, generally, if you're asking, so so hats off to you for, for you know, consistently doing that over the years that I've known you. Um, Thank you. It's, it's inspiring. It's good. Thank you. All right. So in life, I think we know the answer based on the theme so far, but <laughs> do you make things happen in life or are you a go with the flow sort of person? <laughs> You know, a hundred percent, I make things happen. Um, yeah, actually, kind of a funny story about that. I was kind, of, I was talking to my psychologist recently, and I'd recently learned that I, like, I did a strength test at work, um, and I think like number two of five, there were five top strengths. I can't, the others aren't rushing to my brain, but is this is this the strengths finders? Yeah, the Gallup Strength Finder. Yes, I've yeah, never brilliant. done. I mm. meant to do it years ago. I kind of paid for it for myself and just never did it. And then um, work do it for us every year, and it's really cool because oh, you see how they've changed and how you're you're growing or developing or changing in your, which is really awesome. Anyway, so I did mine, and I think number two or up there was Activator. So mm. I just, and that means sometimes you get impatient, like in a work context. Sometimes I get yeah. impatient because I want things to just happen. Um, and I might rush ahead before it's ready, or but some, it's really good because some people aren't like that. So you need that person to come in. So, um, and I just, things kind of crystallized for me a bit. And because of my personal life, I was like, 
Yes, but sometimes, like I was reading recently about um, force versus flow and when things are just flowing and when mm. things that you're forcing. And I was thinking there are some things in my life that I'm really forcing and mm. um, they're not just flowing and I need to just give them up for a second and just take a break and just let things. Mm-hmm. So it was all around the time I'd learned that I was an activator and I was like crying to my psychologist thing. I talked about once a month and I was like, I don't want to be an activator anymore. Like I just want to just sit and wait and just not do anything. Cause I've just, I've been activating for years and I'm exhausted and it's tiring. And sometimes it really works out, but often, you know, might not, or, you know, I don't, I absolutely love that I'm this way because I think it's made things happen for me in my life, but it's hard and sometimes you get knocked back. And so, yeah, she, and then she said, like, I think I said, I'm just going to turn it off. Like I just want to turn off the activator in me and just take a break from activating. And she was like, what if we look at it like a dial (laughs) and you turn it up and you turn it down at certain times for certain things, which is why we pay them the Mm. big bucks because this is, I was just like, why didn't I think of that? Of course. Mm. So now I'm trying to think when I turn it up and when I turn it down. Mm. And, um, but yeah, I, I tend to, I hate indecision. I hate living mm. in limbo. I hate not knowing mm. the outcome of something. Mm. I've done it. I've sat with things because that's what they, what has to happen at the time. And I'm aware of it. Like I don't, it doesn't mean I always rush. I sure. have learned to take pause and not rush ahead before a decision is ready. But other times I have just kind of gone, I'm going to do this because I would mm. always rather do it and it maybe not mm. work out than mm. not do it at all. Yeah. The not doing and the not living and the not taking the risks, like that terrifies me more than the doing stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah, definitely I like someone that. that just, but then that's the thing I have to learn how to, instead of forcing it, when to just mm. let go. So it's been something I've really, that's been quite pertinent in my life at the moment of um, what I'm pushing and what I'm taking a break from. Mm. Wow, there's a lot there. Again, <laughs> there can is, resonate it's very with a lot. It's very linked to kind of what we're talking about. So I'm glad you Good. Asked. No, I love it. I love it. I think um, I really like the idea of the dial. That's brilliant. Mm. You know, because then you're not at, you know, 10. You're not at 10 or zero. You, you can sort of catch yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things, you know, we can often struggle with is if you are an activator, say, you are someone who makes things happen um, and you've got to, you're forced to wait, let's say you're in that limbo state because, you know, life is life, you know, and there's mm. other people on the planet, unfortunately, mm. um, that uh, that sort of bring in some of that um, or, or work or projects or whatever. Um, yeah. And it's kind of not allowing yourself to build that resentment or that bitterness in you as you're waiting because you just want to get things done. You know, you want to, you want to move forward. Um, so yeah, there's, mm. there's a, uh, there's a lot there that I think uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And everyone well, who knows me would say I'm a hundred percent. Oh, and I, well, I'm just like, I'm all in. I jump head first into things mm-hmm. and that's good also, but it's like sometimes, yeah it's not ready to jump into or that's just my personality. I'm just like 110%. Sure. So um, that's also, yeah, I've had to, mm. it's, it's not a bad thing, but it's, it's linked to just um, the dial and not always being, doesn't have to be zero or hero. It can sometimes yes, be yes, somewhere yes. in the middle. 
um, which I find the middle hard. I find the gray middle very hard to navigate. <laughs> the gray, the gray. <laughs> I think the I have gray. a copy of the book here somewhere on my shelf. But, mm. Mm, no, not to hand. But um, I, I remember from from um, doing Strength Finders. So if you're an activator, let's go with that. You're an activator. It also tells you um, if you're a mature activator, this oh. is what it can look like. And then if you're... Um, I don't know what the term is. I mean, immature comes to mind because the opposite of mature, but uh, let's use a dial to use another word. That's not so intense. But like if you mm. if, if you don't develop that, let's say you, you haven't developed your activator strength, yeah. let's say, it tells you what are the dangers of that, um, mm -hmm. what that could look like. And I found that really helpful uh, with the Strength Finders course. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube, we'll put a link in the description to Strength Finders. I think it costs around UK money; it's like twenty pounds to do the to do the test. But it's it's really worth it. it really, it's, it's really opened my eyes um, to some I of agree. those strengths and personality. Um, and and then the second point I wanted to, wanted to make was um, I was having a discussion with someone, re well, a couple of people recently, and love languages, Strength Finders, Myers Briggs. Uh, you know all of these tests they were saying that it's a bit like a horoscope you know you read what you want to read and then you label yourself whereas I would say you know if you take it if you if you start wearing those labels then maybe there's a there's a case to be made for that but actually they're just indicators of where you kind of sit and um, allow you to kind of reflect and, and and say yeah I identify that within myself and then using your activation strength or your going courage mindset mm -hmm. it's about kind of creating balance in those areas and and trying to understand how you operate how you function so that you can intentionally make some you know changes to develop um mm -hmm. yeah that's that's what i think about i like that. that not that you asked but i'm just you know no no it's cool <laughs> i like that it's, it's it's the whole like not being too tied to it and mm -hmm. again not being a hundred or you know nothing and just going okay cool I'm taking that on board. I'll note that, but it doesn't mean it needs to it needs to be my identity every mm. step of the way. So that's a really um, cool point. I like it. Maybe that's what we named this podcast: the courage to use a dial <laughs> instead of a switch. <laughs> the courage dial. The courage Go dial. Go courage gently. <laughs> in gently, gently. Yeah. All right. Um, what's uh, changing gear a little bit? What's a good compliment? that you remember that's been said about you and we found out that words of affirmation are very important to you so this will be an interesting yeah. answer um on the weekend my this is not my favorite but it was just very current and i just was so sweet um my niece said that i'm like miss honey from matilda <laughs> If you've seen Matilda, she's the nice teacher. Oh, gosh. You're going to have to go watch it. Watch it with your kids. It's such a I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Go anyway, on. Miss Honey's a great character, and she's just warm and fun. Um, anyway, I was touched by that. But the actual, the one that came to mind immediately was um, my one of my friends. She said, I think we were talking about one of my favorite authors, Sally Rooney who writes novels and she um she said something like sally rooney couldn't write you as a character the readers wouldn't even buy it how brave you are oh wow just like oh that's so nice <laughs> and 
linked to this encourage um yeah, yeah calling me brave and say i just mm. the way my friend's very poetic just the way right. he was like you know people wouldn't even buy you as a character and so i thought that was really beautiful yeah um, and that has stayed with me mm. yeah and then she kind of wrote sent me some flowers one day later months later and wrote in the cards something like sally rooney hasn't got anything on you type of thing so it was um that was a that was a beautiful one what would you say that people misunderstand about you? Oh. Um, oh, that's interesting. I would say, I was thinking today, and I think everyone feels a bit like this. We're always, just, generally, most of us are like, got a lot on that people don't always see and mm. are juggling. Um, and I think sometimes I was thinking how when someone's upset with me or I feel like someone might be upset with me, I think, I always think they just don't know that I'm doing the absolute best I can. Like I couldn't be doing anything more than I'm currently doing. Like this is my best. (laughs) I'm trying so hard all the time. And so it really hits me if I feel like I'm not if I'm not performing in any area of my life. Mm. Um, and I think people, I think people who know me well in my personal life, like, it, sorry, I don't know if that's like, I've, I might've gone around and so but anyway, um, people who know me in my personal life would probably know that I'm quite sensitive. Mm. Like I'm, I take things to heart quite easily. And like, I'm, I, I can take, especially if I ask for it and we've had conversations as friends and I seek feedback at work that is, that is negative so I can develop and like I, I can take negative feedback, but I think it has to be in a way that um, is, I guess, gentle because I'm quite sensitive, but I think I give off that I'm quite confident and mm. tough maybe in some ways. Mm. And I can be, I can hold my ground and I can hold my own and, I'm a confident person and I'm strong, but I think, yeah, people don't realize that beneath the exterior, I'm actually very sensitive and take things to heart and um, really hard on myself. And people might not realize that. Mm. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, they would misunderstand the kind of tough exterior that I sometimes maybe put out. Mm to be um yeah yeah that's really interesting um because you know your your friend there mentioned sally rooney not being able to you know create a character uh that embodies you because you're just too brave um and you know i'm really interested as you can tell in the exploration of what that even looks like what is courage you know um Mm -hmm. and so so you just assume that the brave person is super strong, super thick, super hot, you know, thick skinned, super, you know, um, just super. And so they're kind of impenetrable uh, in terms of like, you know, hurting them and things like that. Um, and then what I'm finding on my journey towards courage um, is it's usually not like that at all. Uh, it's more of a decision that you make. Again, you know, intentionality there um, of, you know, keep moving forward, keep making choices that you think are noble and doing your best in that 
um and then people forget that you're human under all of that as well and mm. things do hurt and things are tough and maybe you do want to cry sometimes but you hold it in because you know you've got to show up for your kids or show up for work or whatever it is um mm. that's, that's a really good point i think it's something that it doesn't get talked about uh yeah. I, mean, I mean it does get talked about but probably not in the context of of bravery you know mm. yeah it's a good link mm. and i think because i'm brave and i i do think i'm brave like i'm not trying to sound like i have a big head but i've worked really hard at being brave it's not just come naturally but people i would say often think i'm more okay than i am or i'm doing better than i am because of that how i appear or that bravery or whatever um it's like they think it's easy to be to be brave or easy to do like they might think oh i couldn't do that she's so brave but they don't realize that I'm just as scared as they would be, or I'm finding it just as hard as they would, but I'm still doing it. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying, I think that's what I found hard growing up. And as an adult is that, yeah, people generally are like, oh yeah, Michaela, she's fine. Like she's good. She's, she's all, she's all good. And so I would kind of be like, I'm not though, but I, maybe I didn't know how to say that or express Mm. that or be vulnerable. I'm not sure. Mm. Mm. yeah makes sense especially if you're a make it happen kind of person right it's a little bit harder to allow other people to make things happen for you (laughs) yeah yeah and you want people to I guess maybe sometimes you're trying to convince yourself you did the right thing and you want to convince other people (laughs) so you're like it's not I don't I'm 100% believe in authenticity and I'm not ever Mm. I don't try and pretend everything's fine I think it's Mm. just that I'm a like I try I just a get on with it type person for the most part and don't mm. want to don't want to stay stuck in the mud or mope so I kind of just keep going but it doesn't always mm. mean I feel confident in that or that I'm feeling brave mm. it reminds me of a story actually if I can share it um, mm. years ago I was sort of at the height of being in sort of battling anxiety and I remember being on a train station I, th- I think it was London Bridge I was going to Greenwich right and uh and there was a guy there oh no so I was having a little bit of a panic attack if I'm honest it was really intense and I had to sit down on the steps you know when people go up and down the steps I just had to sit down in the corner try and stay out of the way with this big rucksack on trying to get to uni and I was just you know it's like the world just blurred out and it was like I was like really <gasps> I was like having a panic attack managed to kind of you know get through it with some breathing techniques and, and stuff that I learned from you know seeing a counselor and stuff and then as I came down the stairs there's a guy there like an old he's probably in his 50s and he's just bawling his eyes out and 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 so I'm going through probably a really tough thing for me but in the moment I'm like uh, what's going on with this guy you know so I just went uh, you're right and 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 he lost his son. I think his loss. I, I can't remember exactly all the details, but I think he died. Um, and he was kind of sort of wandering from here to there, and he was trying to get back to where he was trying to get to, and he couldn't work out what train to go on and all that kind of stuff. And so I helped him out, you know. Um, and I just remember, I can't remember what he said to me. There was a compliment involved. There's some love exchanged, and um, and off he went. And uh, in the context of what we're talking about, I um. 
I was able to show up for him and he was like, oh, that guy, what a brave guy, what a great guy. He's got it all together, all this kind of stuff. But what he didn't know was I was completely in a place where I really, I was just gone. And so that kind of ties into what you're saying. Like there's there's a sensitivity, there's a, there's a real like, I'm human, I'm hurting, but I still make the decision to try and help in that. In, I, I'm not saying I do this all the time, like, but in that particular uh, um, scenario, I connected with someone and was able to display some kind of support. Um, and then he has maybe an opinion of me. I don't even know if he remembers now, but like he must have had an opinion. Oh, here's a guy who kind of helped me out. Um, and the two are so far apart, but they kind of overlap. And I think that's the beauty of of love and life, isn't it? You know, mm. um, to allow those things to coexist. It's funny how he would have seen you in a certain way that you definitely didn't see yourself in that moment which mm. I think we can really um, tap into because I think it's really important sometimes to think, well, how do people in my life see me? Is I, mm. That's definitely not how I see myself right now, but I need that. I need that encouragement mm. and how you were able to step out of your own cloudiness to kind of help someone and, yeah, be strong in that moment for him, mm. maybe more than you would have felt you could be for yourself. It's like, mm. do you know what I mean? You yeah. were able to... Yeah, it's really cool. It is, and 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 to take it off ourselves and and actually see it from other perspectives. Sometimes you could, I don't, you you must have had this moment in life where you're with a friend, you're really going through some tough times, so you're babbling on about your your issues and everything. They're a great friend to you. They're supportive. They acknowledge you. They're listening and all the rest of it. A couple of weeks later, you find out actually they were going through a really tough time as well, and then you go, oh wow, but they showed up for me. They showed up for me, and it kind of gives you even more of a respect for them and go, wow. And then you, you know, sit and wallow in your own guilt because you weren't a good friend to them in that moment. But, you know, hey, life is life. <laughs> I, I love it. My friends are now are like, do you, I think COVID was really hard because we were all struggling a lot. And mm -hmm. Melbourne, we had long lockdowns and people were living alone and it was really hard. And so it was really hard to show up for each other because we had so mm -hmm. little resilience. Like our resilience was completely depleted. Mm -hmm. And I feel like from that, a few of my really close inner circle, we learned how to say, do you have capacity? Do you have mm. space? Are you, can you, can you, like, I'm just having a really shitty day. Can we talk? And um, my sister does that. And my sister did it recently. And I was having the worst day. And usually I would always drop everything to be there for my sister. But I was like, I'm so sorry. I just can't. I can't. I'm having such a mm. bad day. And I said, mm. I'm just going to go to bed and I'll call you when I wake up. And I think, it's so nice when you can really be honest and say when you just yeah. can't carry anything else than what you're already carrying. Mm. Um, it's hard to do. It's really hard to do when you love and care for someone. But mm. then the next day I, I had a good sleep. All I needed was sleep. And then I woke up and we talked and, you know, mm. she understood and she was okay. And that's what's good about having a few different people in your life that you can call on and it's not mm. just one or you know so um so yeah i think that's what i've kind of noticed recently is this kind of mm. and generally like it would be very that was that's the only time i've ever said no to someone in the, in the last year i would say mm. but i knew i had to do that for me in that moment and she she respected and understood that so it's good i'm mm. lucky to have have her in that way i have um i have a cousin who uh it's quite similar as well. And I can identify with it as well. And so we have this thing at the moment where we say, you need to take the cape off. 
because mm. uh, you're trying to be, we're trying to be superheroes to everyone around us, but sometimes you have to take the cape off and allow yourself to, to give yourself that love for yourself so that you can show up for the people. Because if you're not showing up for yourself, you know, it's, it's that whole going back to the air stewardess vibe, you know, put your <laughs> mask on before you help the other person mm. with the mask. And, and sometimes I think we, you know, we, we forget to do that um, mm. across, across cultures, across, you know, uh, across the world. Um, go encourage. It's a verb. Go, 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 go do something. So do you have a daily routine? Uh, or a rhythm about your life that you kind of have that helps you stay productive, um, helps you stay intentional? Mm -hmm. um, okay, so generally I, I like to because I have a very full life. Like I work full time. I said I study um, already. So that already means, you know, I don't have a lot of, I'm not swimming in spare time. And then I have friends, uh, family. So I do like to, sometimes it goes out the window. Like at the moment, it's I'm just finished. I'm on a uni break of only a few weeks because I'm all year round. I study all year round because I do three trimesters instead of two semesters. <laughs> so I'm in summer, you know. You overachiever, you. summer break. <laughs> well, it's just <laughs> easier. It's a way of getting it done quicker. But yeah, yeah so sure. that's me to a T. Like I just fill my life sometimes and then regret it. But anyway, so I... It's summer here at the moment and I've really struggled with the routine because I would just rather be out in the sun or with my friends or doing things in summer. So, and I had, I went to the UK for Christmas and so I, um, the, the, the routine's gone out the window. But usually it would, I would on Sunday plan my week, plan everything when I'm doing my exercise, when I'm doing my uni stuff, what I'm doing for uni obviously when I'm working, even started to plan meals and snacks. And just mm. like I've heard of people creating systems instead of routines. Yep. So yep. then it's just, you know, we know how this works. And so I'll mm. do on Sunday, I'll do a big batch cook um, for the freezer and the fridge and just sort everything out, you know, make all my breakfast, do everything mm. so that I can just get, because I think that's what I really struggled with last year is I wasn't, eating well and I'm looking after my body which then affects everything so I feel like I've finally I'm struggling with different things now but I've finally got to a good place with like making sure at least I'm eating well when I'm really busy mm. and then yeah I have my weekly routine and then I kind of do that and that's got I even write down rest or chill or see a friend because then I know I'm working towards that mm. um so yeah I do I'm I'm a routine person to a point I think, but I also quite like change. I don't like too much routine. Um, I think it keeps us agile and flexible to not have too much routine. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it depends if you caught me on a good week or a bad week, but I definitely feel a lot better about everything when I kind of have set it all out and I know what I need to do and mm. I know when I get to give myself permission to completely relax because if I don't feel like I've earned the rest, I'm going to be thinking about what I should be doing instead. So I definitely try and book that rest time in. And then mm -hmm. I have to be intentional, back to intentional, about oh. booking that time for myself. Because mm -hmm. sometimes it'll be like the only time I have by myself is when I'm studying. But that's not fair on me or that's not how it's meant to be. I should have time that is just completely relaxing. But it rest. feels sometimes like 
oh, I haven't seen that friend. I need to call that person. And then I've had to go, no, you really need to just, so that's what I'm learning to prioritize um, mm. that when I do have those pockets of time that sometimes they are just for me instead of feeling like I should mm. be doing something else with them, more social. What does courage mean to Michaela? Um, I mean, it depends what day, week, year it is. But I think uh, some days, I think for a lot of people, it's getting up in the morning. It's getting out of bed. If we're being really honest about sometimes, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, life is just really hard and what's waiting for you is just like... So I want to call out all the people, the amazing people that that get up and take on the day, even though it can, you know, mm. it can be hard. Um, for me, I think it's about choosing the sometimes choosing the harder road. Like if you've got two options mm. and you know one is going to be hard, not for the sake of it. I don't believe in choosing, you know, difficulty for the sake of it. Like that's not fair, but. Yeah, I think sometimes, and then it's being really afraid of something and doing it anyway. And I think I get a real thrill off doing hard things. <laughs> and I don't know why. And I've, it's not risk taking stuff. Sometimes I'm just like, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Um, and as I've got older and my, what I want, what I want has changed. I've kind of like moved away from the person I want was that wanted this thing. And so it's always with a, with, you know, something in mind, but I think, um, yeah, I think it's taking the road less traveled and living really, like I said it before, following your gut. Cause I think I have a very strong intuition which is honed by learning from when you don't listen to it mm. and then when you do. Yeah, sure. And so I've done a lot of both. Mm. All, I like you know, that because you're saying you're honing it based on what has worked or hasn't worked in the past. So you're in this constant state of learning and it's not that just, be, just because you're intuitive and you have that incredible gift that, some people have and some people don't, right? It is from your experiences, yeah. what you've read, learned from other people, etc. Like people have said to me, I wish I had, you know, your this or that. And I'm like, you do. <laughs> you have it. You're just not listening to it. And it takes years of understanding the signs of when you're not listening to it and when you are. And I realized recently I'm not seeking happiness. And even pleasure, like pleasure in all its forms, great, but it's not happiness and pleasure are kind of fleeting in some ways. What I'm seeking is peace. And then the byproduct is pleasure and happiness. Because peace is when I know that I am living according to my values, when I'm, when I'm everything, when everything is as it should be. Um, and it took me a long time to realize that. And then what piece is changes and evolves and, and, um, yeah. So I think it just frustrates me when people 
feel like they're not empowered or they don't think they can do it. And uh, it ha- yeah, it's from doing both that you that you hope that you learn. Yeah, that's good. I um, uh, so there's a so you, you said your name was Hebrew, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a name in Hebrew. So you know, so so Shalom, you know, Shalom mm-hmm. means peace. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, early traditions would refer to God as Jehovah Shalom, which is the God of peace. Although I probably haven't pronounced it, you know, in its truest form. But the, mm. the idea, based on what you're saying there, is shalom means peace. So a lot of people would think, oh, that means, you know, I sit in silence or do meditation or whatever, prayer, etc. But actually shalom, from my understanding, and I'm no theological expert in this, but it actually means peace in divine order. So it's interesting that you say that because the idea is there is peace when there's order, um, and then when there's order, you can rest in it and therefore you don't have to, you know, activate things, be overachieving because there is order. And if there's order, then the fruits of order are joy, you know, pleasure, happiness, all of those things. Um, so it's, it's really interesting because people chase and I'm, I'm one of them, like I'm not trying to say I've got it all worked out, but, you know, we, we can often chase the the uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for, the fruits but not actually be willing to plant plant the tree, you know, to to to, to bring out those things. Um, so it's really interesting that you make those points because actually, you know, that's something that's, I, I was only looking into that recently, and it kind of ties in beautifully with what you're saying there. Um, yeah, shalom, shalom, okay. Michaela. Yeah. Good point. I like the the yeah the connection between order and yeah you can yeah, take the you know. And that's quite deep, right? But if we bring it just to a surface level thing, like you cooking on a Sunday, let's say, for the rest of the week. It's because you're creating order in your life. And if you don't create that order, okay, I know you said about the dishes, but you could probably get over that, right? <laughs> um, but it's the actual, what am I going to eat today? Uh, and then that plays into your mind, and you're in limbo state, and then you're making poor decisions based on what you have to do in terms of projects because you're not eating right. Uh, you don't have many takeaways there. We have so many takeaways here, such a temptation. And then you eat rubbish, and then you're on a food high, and then you're on a food dip. And it's just it kind of just plays into everything. So it's kind of having structure, having routine, having order. Um, and, you know, I, I totally appreciate, you know, it's not, you know, this kind of, like you said, you know, it's hard to to live when you're just in this kind of state of everything's worked out. But but if you work everything out and then have that flexibility to say, well, things change, I can move a, thing, a few things around here or there, um, it, you know, you're getting to a maturer, well, I use that word, but maturer state, isn't it? And I guess that's the difference mm. between being an adult and being a child where hopefully your parents are the ones who create the order so you don't have to, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think um, having that grace for yourself when you don't, you know, we set out to do have an amazing week and it's like, right, this is going to be great. And then obviously it's not always going to go like that. And, you know, like I said, things aren't – I've managed the food better, but exercise recently because I've been so stretched and I've had to cram – have an exercise and know that affects me so much. So I'm like, okay, all right, I've got the food down. I just need to get the exercise routine down. And I find that is linked to routine because it's so much easier if you take out the decision from it and just like on this day at this time, I go and do this. Whereas because I work in the city two hours away and I'm in, I'm there pretty much every week and 
um, that's exhausting doing the drive and stuff. So it's just this, the current situation makes it hard. And so I'm kind of trying to have grace for myself for where I am currently um, for, you know, because it won't always be like this. So we do our best. What are you proud of? Like, what are the things that you've done that you've, you know, had to step out of your comfort zone to do? Um, I think, you know, I've moved countries twice, which has been hard, mm. but I wanted to do them for my own reasons. So sure. I don't know if it was courage. I think I love change and I love, you know, so it was exciting for the most part. I think something really hard that I did, and I'm glad I really glad I did it, um, is I went traveling around South America on my own for a few months. Wow. Uh, in my late twenties. And that was that was hard. You know, on your own. Time. Like what 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 made you want to do that, if you don't mind me asking? I wanted to go and no one could come with me. <laughs> like okay. that's it. And like I said before, if there's the option of, um, I'd rather do it. I'd always rather do it than not do it. And so mm. I was in a relationship and they couldn't come with me, but I was still like, well, I'm still going. <laughs> so, and I think I called their bluff on it because I didn't think I would, but I did like, I just was like, I want, I really want to do it. And, um, you know, a lot of people travel, alone but I think that was me really leaving a very like safe comfortable mm -hmm. space mm -hmm. I quit my job I really was like I really want to make make some changes in my life and this is how I feel this is the first step to doing that mm -hmm. and that was when I wanted to leave London because I had been there for maybe eight or nine years but I I knew I didn't want to be there forever Mm -hmm. and I was getting a bit restless. And so this was my way of changing things up and having, and just getting going on a trip by myself. Had to learn a bit of Spanish to get by. I wasn't great, but I learned enough to get by. Um, and yeah, it was really sometimes, you know, sometimes it was really lonely. It was hard. It was sometimes I felt scared being a, a solo female traveler but I'm so glad I did it because when was it um only like two years later I ended up moving to Melbourne on my own when I was meant to come I was meant to come with my then partner and that was all topsy everything went topsy-turvy right at the last minute and I honestly don't know if I could have done the Melbourne thing if I hadn't done that South America trip, I feel like that South America trip was a bit of a, I don't know what the word is, but like it was, um, yeah, I can't think of the word, but it was setting me up for success mm. because it was so at times it was, a, it was an amazing trip. And now I've done, been to all these places I wouldn't have got to go to if I hadn't done it, but it was also just the, it was pushed me right out of my comfort zone. And I think I learned how to be, because I'd been, spent years traveling with my partner and he was really good at traveling. And I guess I was always kind of under his wing and right, I was right. always okay. And then it was me, my turn to fly and I just mm. sorted it all out and like looked after myself. And then all of a sudden, unexpectedly, I was moving to another country by myself. And so I don't think if I had, it was like a warm up. 
even mm. though South America is not English speaking and I was coming to, you know, Australia, it's very different, but I just felt like it set me up. And yeah, I, don't know I mean, if you could, stuck with it. if you could do that, right, if you could do, that's like a bit of a, you know, baptism of fire, really, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And it was awesome. And I made friends and I had a beautiful time. And I went to, you know, because I had planned some travel before I came from London to Melbourne. And then one of those trips was to go back to see my family in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And obviously, coming alone meant the whole plan was like, well, I could change the plan if I wanted. Like, I don't have to go to Melbourne now if I don't want to, even though I did want to go to Melbourne. But it was like, I could, I could just go back to New Zealand where my family are and it would be a safer option. And, and nothing against New Zealand. I just, um, I had kind of always thought I wanted to live in Melbourne. And so my mum said, oh, you don't, you know, you could just stay here. It's okay. You don't have to go to Melbourne. And it was a blank slate. It was terrifying of like, yeah. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's going to happen. Like I just, it's wow. completely, and it was so hard, but it was still like, no, I still want to do this. Like I said, I was going to do this and mm. I can be a bit stubborn. And when I, sometimes <laughs> I feel like I have something to prove to myself, whereas I was like, I'm doing what I said I'd do. So, yeah. yeah I like I think it. Well, it's integrity as well, right? It's your self-integrity, isn't it? To do what you said you were going to do. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I hope you gave yourself a, at least a high five. <laughs> For like, self five, yeah. well done. Well, then COVID wow. happened. I moved. I yeah. got to Melbourne in late February of 2020. And then by early March, we were in lockdown. Yeah. So that's a whole other thing. But um, That's a whole other yeah. Well, was, so, so we would you say your um, South America trip was 2018? Is that right? Yeah, I yeah I left uh, le- end of 2017 and it was early 2018, and then moved right. to Melbourne in early 2020. Wow! Had you been to South America before? Like you, you you had an idea of what you're getting yourself into, or you were just like, right, let's go. I didn't. I mean, I'd spoken to people, but I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, mm. But yeah, I think I. I just thought this is my chance to do it. And I don't know if I'm going to get another chance. And I've also been hustling for like 10 years and working full time. Mm. Had never had more than a few weeks off at a time, Um, which, you know, is great. Like I'm not, I was lucky. I did travel in that time and everything. I wasn't hard done by, but I just had never really switched off and taken some time for myself because I was Mm. just trying to work on my career and couldn't afford to. And I got Mm. to a point that I could, be lavishly selfish and do this thing and um, not be held back by someone not being able to come. It was like, well, that's fine. Mm. I'll just go, anyway. go for it. Wow. <laughs> let, me, let me drill down into the mindset there, just hoping that it helps someone out there who's listening. You've decided to go to South America. Actually, it kind of works with your decision to go to Melbourne as well and probably your decision to come from that side of the world to London in the first place, right? Yeah, I feel like they're all linked. (laughs) Right. And so what is it in you? Like you've touched on, you said you're going to do it, you're going to do it, right? So you're you're determined in that way, which is great. What if someone's listening, they've got a dream, it might not be travel, but let's say it is. Um, what, What takes... What was the mindset that took you from thinking about doing this and then actually booking the flights or creating an itinerary or whatever to go, I'm actually going to do this? Like, what's the thing that clicked for you? There's something in, you know, 
thinking outside the box of your own life and imagining mm. what you could do. And so now my whole thing is like, after my degree, what could I do if I wanted? Like I could buy a van and drive around Australia or I could do random things that I might want to do or might not want to do when I get there, when I eventually arrive to this point. But I think there's something really good at um, giving yourself permission and taking yourself out of the current context of your life if you mm. need to, to, to think about what you could do. Mm. And I feel like there's something in some, a lot of people like take on an identity as a child and then that's, they end up carrying a lot of, carrying that mm. for their life. Yeah. Like yeah. I was never sporty. I hated moving my body when I was younger. I was like, <laughs> just to hate it. And then yeah. one day I was like, no, I want to be a runner. I just want to be a person that runs. And mm. no one sees me like that and I don't see myself like that. But all I need to do to be a runner is mm. to put on the clothes and put on the shoes and mm. like go running. That's literally all I need to do. Yeah. And I really have been like, I think it's so important to do that for yourself because otherwise you just kind of go, like maybe you you would have done it and gone, I don't travel at one point, I don't travel or I don't do this because I, I struggle with that because of anxiety. Mm. And then mm. that kind of stays like that. Whereas if you go, but what if I didn't? Or what if I no like no one else knows that about me? Say no one else knows that. I can just pretend I don't and then put on this whole new identity. And I think there's something really empowering in that because we can all do things like that mm. that are really hard for us or not who we thought we were. Yeah. Um and I don't know where the travel thing came from, but I think it was, I was tired and I was restless and I wanted something different. I didn't realize how it was linked to the rest of my life. I didn't realize how different I wanted it, but I knew there was something stirring and I didn't want to ignore it. Mm. And I think it was, um, yeah, it was choosing to listen to that and, and just, doing the definitive action toward it yeah I, I i like that i like the breakdown as well i think it's really it's really on point um my my daughter who you've met um she she had a really horrible accident a couple of years ago mm. and um you know it's it near fatal so it was, it was quite a big deal and you know there's oh. surgery involved there was rehabilitation etc cetera, etc cetera. but the reason i bring it up is in in school in primary school you know it was her last year and she became it became part of her identity so she couldn't use it she was casted up for a while and then when she was out of the cast there was only particular movements she can do etc etc um and the link i'm making to what you said there is it became part of how everyone saw her you know but when she started high school and now this is fast forwarding you know a fair a fair while after the accident you know, she'd ask me questions, Dad, look, you know, should I tell them? Like, what about if PE is going to be an issue, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, what do you want to do? Like, I had my thoughts. Uh, and being a protective dad, I was like, well, we, we should let the teachers know and we should let the PE people know. And da, da, da. But then, I, you know, it took a moment to say, well, what do you want to do? Like, what do you think? And she said, I'd prefer not to tell anyone about the accident. I was like, okay. So she didn't. 
and um, she started school and it wasn't it wasn't it just wasn't part of her identity and so um i think you know a few months on now she has told her pe teacher there are certain things that she struggles with uh but she'd like to be pushed in which is great but and she's got a close couple of friends who know about what happened but everyone else just treats her like you know good old everything's all good you know that kind of thing so i think w the reason I, I thought about that is the mindset of going if you are a, if you want to be a runner let's say get the shoes on get the clothes on and go for it don't have to identify yourself with the thing that holds you back you know um and i think i think that's powerful on a on a root level um it's a perfect example your daughter of um but that's why i love a fresh start and i think that's why i love fresh starts myself because i don't have to wear that former identity that maybe i did before and like even a silly example but i had a friend who was like i knew her in a job and then she said before this job i never wore dresses and then it was such a big thing to be that girl who always wore trousers to then wear dresses. Whereas when she had a new starting job, she was like, I'm going to wear dresses now. And no one knows that I didn't used to wear dresses. And it's such a small thing, but it's like, what do we want to shed and what do we want to put on as our identity? And it doesn't, we don't need to move countries or cities or jobs or schools. We can just decide what we want to be one day. And I think there's a lot of power in that and owning it and just being like, this is, this is mean if any, you know, no one's, no one knows any different or some people are so, generally the world's so self-absorbed, they're not going to really always notice. Like it's, you know, mm. it's your life. So, yeah. I like that. And I think some something that I, you know, come across uh, and, and I tell myself often as well is um, nobody really cares, you know, as much <laughs> as you do. Nobody really cares. Right? <laughs> like starting a podcast. Cares. Yeah, exactly right. And starting this podcast, like I've 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 been in the world of sort of photography and videography and things like that. So I'm always on the other side of the camera. But being on this side of the camera, suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, what do I do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then the podcast, like, how many podcasts are there out there? Right? There's loads. But then when I start to think about, and this is again, you know, tying in with what you're saying, what is it that I'm determined to do, and what do I want to do? Um, I want to I want to explore courage. I think courage is such a fascinating virtue, you know, um, such a fascinating part of our human experience. Mm. And uh, regardless of anyone listens, watches, or cares, I'm getting so much out of it. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. So it kind of it kind of you know it's, it's shedding that fear or shedding that you know that th thought process that stops you doing something that you really want to do, and then just doing it. You know, going to South America starting you know having that fresh start i know i'm talking a lot here al pacino uh you know al pacino great mm -hmm. actor um he said something along the lines of he just starts everything on a blank slate he doesn't bring things into stuff he just starts everything on a uh, when, when i say everything i think projects that he works on movies and stuff like that and it allows him to just start from fresh and then build up the character or build up whatever he's playing and, I, and that really stuck with me i think that i think I really resonate with, you know, brand new things as opposed to rehashing stuff. Um, unless it works, then fair enough, it becomes part of the rhythm. But yeah, that's like good. That. It's a good way of living. In the dating world, what kind of advice would you give to people based on experience uh, in order for them to go out there with courage? Oh, man. The minefield out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I would say to go out and encourage, know who you are, know mm. what you're looking for. Um, take regular breaks. <laughs> do what you need to do to keep at it because it takes a lot of courage. It's um, it's it's hard. It's really hard. I I find it hard. Mm. And maybe that's because I don't like the limbo. I don't like you know. I just kind of mm. want to be there at the end point, and it's like constantly being under a job interview but for your personality and everything is yeah it's tricky so i would i would say have have good people around you all the time to Mm -hmm. to keep your spirits high and uplifted and remind you why you're loved when you don't maybe have a significant other to remind you of that and then so you're built up to go out into the world and try and meet that person. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's interesting because I have a number of friends, you know, I've got friends who are single, friends who are married, friends they all the range and then I've seen them in different stages of that and they've seen me and I think um, it's definitely easier for some people to just withdraw, stay home, you know, mm. do hang out with your friends, do but I try and be intentional about dating, um, mm. which comes in waves of enthusiasm versus less but <laughs> because I know that's what I want. But sometimes it's just like oh can I just not have to think about it for a while. So yeah. <laughs> I really like what you said at the beginning there as well, like knowing what you want. I think that's that's good. That's a really because people jump into stuff. I think um, from you know couples that I've spoken to, single people, etc. They jump into things thinking it has to be look like something. It has to look like this movie, or it has to look like my you know people's romanticized version of what a relationship looks like, and therefore they jump in without knowing who they are and what they want. And I think those two things are really important. You know, um, and constantly like checking in with yourself as well. Uh, I mean, I haven't dated yeah. for a while, so <laughs> I don't know, that's what you know. That's the question. But I guess from 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 just talking to people, it is it's such a big part of like of of relationships generally, and then romantic relationships. You know, really knowing who you are um, and not mm-hmm. expecting the other person to define that for you as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's it's tricky. And I think I used to probably look at like what someone represented or like their life that they would were offering. And I'd kind of go, oh, that, you know, I want to be a part of that, their story. But maybe look past the person. <laughs> so I'm working on looking at, that's why I said know what you want, because I guess I've started to figure out um can i ask you uh you mentioned your psych what is i psychologist earlier on mm-hmm. recommend it oh 100 percent. like everyone needs everyone needs to go <laughs> and if the number of people in my life had gone i wouldn't have had to go 
to zone to zone off. Ooh. So that's an interesting we all thought. Need yeah. To take on, we all need to take on the lows. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's so good. It's like going to the doctor. It's just mm. for me. It's just um, and you know, it's I'm lucky that I can afford it. That I live in a country that subsidizes it. Uh, there's a lot of things, but I think it's the best investment I've mm. ever made in my whole life because it's complete. I've done it at certain points and stages in my life, but it's changed my relationships and changed the way. And it comes into everything mm. like work, relationships, friendships, family, like every, your whole, your life is just a whole lot of relationships. It's literally, mm. we just live in this web of relationships and people interaction and that comes out in so many ways and I see it at work it's so interesting because now that I'm studying psychology I definitely like notice things and observe and I hate to say it but I do psychoanalyze but um yeah I would highly recommend it and I think it completely changed my life and I'd be a very different person if I hadn't done it at, mm. at key stages in my life yeah I'd agree with all of that and um yeah same experience, different stages of life, uh, looking at different aspects of life as well. Um, and I think it's really important. And I feel I've kind of, I feel passionate about it, especially when talking to other men, because I think it's such a stigma, you know, in, uh, in men's mental health that, oh, I don't, I can't go and see a psychologist because, I, you know, I need to be strong and that's a weak thing to do, et cetera, et cetera. But actually, once you take that courageous step to, to you know, cross over the line, um, you'll find there's not that much courage involved, actually. It's just making the decision and then going, then coming out like someone's put a Band-Aid on your scratch uh, for that week and then you'll go back and figure out what's wrong with your leg and then what's wrong with your shoulder, etc. metaphorically speaking, because I know it's uh, of the mind. But um, no, I really appreciate you saying that. I think there's, that's a, it's a good thing to endorse. Cool. Well, I want to be a psychologist, so I need to get people... <laughs> you know it's my future business <laughs> maybe maybe so if people are listening to this 10 years down the line or five years <laughs> down the line or wherever you we'll put a link in the description and then you can uh, go onto Michaela's website and uh, see if she can help you with what you're going through how about that <laughs> all right so if you if we could sum up everything we've talked about today he says with a deep breath what say, would is you, that you or me <laughs> uh, no I think I think I'm gonna put it on you you're my guest um I'll help you. I'll help you. But um, what would you want anyone listening today to walk away with um, based on our conversation today? A little piece of advice. Um, I think, I don't know. It might sound patronized. Some people or some people think it's not that easy. But I think there's something in just deciding to be brave about whatever that is for you in that day. And it could be very small if that's, you know, small to someone else, but big for you. I think, I think do that. And um, also kind of links, but I guess if things, if something's not working for you as you wanted or as you hoped, and it could be anything um, in life or in work or something, but just do something different, try something different, do turn it up change it up do yeah because i think i just think change is so important and um it, it, it keeps us like i said for kids as agile and i think yeah 
try something different and try and get a different outcome if they, if you've been trying something because that's something I've been really practicing in my life at the moment. I've been going, like I said, the fourth best is the flow and if something's not flowing, then maybe you're forcing it. And hmm. um, so I'm actively trying to change things up if I feel like there's a pattern and it's not, I'm not getting the desired outcome. And just be who, yeah, just put on that hat of the person you want to be today or put on the running shoes or do, do if you want to, if you just thought, I've always wanted to do that, but I'm not that kind of person or I've never done that before or whatever, just figure out what the obstacles are and, and try and be that person if that's who you want to be um, mm. with, you know, with a project or a hobby or a trip or a relationship, I think there's real power in that. It's mm. really good. Thank you. Thank you. It's been so, so interesting talking to you today. And um, I'm really happy that we managed to, to have this podcast because I know we tried to get this done in person when you're in the UK and uh, I got really sick. So I was so gutted about that. Um, but we have traveled across the world via technology and uh, able to gain some of your insight and courage. Uh, so thank you for your time today. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's been really fun to chat. Thanks. I just want to also shout out that uh, on the Go Encourage blog, you have written an article uh, many, many years ago. And uh, it was about parenting. And I wanted to get your insight on parenting without you having any children. Uh, and I thought you brought a really interesting perspective. So if you're listening, uh, uh, the blog is available at goencourage.com. So you can go and have a look at that and see what Michaela had to say many, many years ago. And maybe you'll consider doing an update <laughs> many years <laughs> on. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Cool. All right. So once again, thank you so much. If people want to connect with you online, are they able to do so where's the best place they can get in touch with you at michaela rose on instagram you can follow brilliant we'll we'll i have at the moment <laughs> brilliant we'll stick a link in um and yeah this is a long goodbye but i'm, I'm saying thank you and i'm uh, really really grateful that you you came on the going courage podcast today thanks Rick. it was really fun brilliant all right until next time see you later Really hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you did, do let us know in the comments or you can connect with us via our social media channels where the links are available on www.goencourage.com. If you haven't already, you can now get a copy of the Courage Journal that we've put together to help you build courage on a day-to-day -day basis. We have a paperback version and a hardback version as well. Links are on the website. You can purchase these in the UK, the US, Australia, Canada, and all across Europe. So go and have a look at that. Uh, I think it's gonna be a really valuable resource. All right, so until the next time, whatever you're doing, keep moving forward and go encourage. <laughs>